0: What's going on, everybody? This is Mr. Manny Jackson. And I know it's been a while since you've heard from us. We did not forget about you. The project is Pace Yourself, Not Race Yourself. And that's the theme of it. And so we've been pursuing different ventures, dealing with life. Life has just been life thing. What can I say? And when I started this journey, I was definitely in a different place. And I'm happy to say that I'm in a better space now. And I'm looking forward to continue to stay in that space, but also create that same space for other people. But life is a journey. And so some days we have good days and some days we don't. Sometimes there are good times and sometimes they're not. But all in all, we take the lessons, we learn, and we keep on moving. So I know that. It's been a while since you've heard from us, since you've heard anything about this podcast. But I'm super excited about our latest guest. And yeah, we recorded this months ago, but the information is still relevant. So thank you so much for being patient. Thank you for your flexibility. And remember, this is a mixtape, so you really never know what you're going to get. There's no rhyme and reason to this. It's just a platform that I wanted to use to express myself, to share my journey and to also hear from some other individuals. And as we continue to build, this is just this is not over with. This is just starting. So we're going to continue to build, but we're going to do this at our own pace. So there's no reason to race. So remember, just remember, pace yourself, not race yourself to sustain yourself. I'm Annie Jackson. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoy our show. And um, Lens, take it away.
1: Let me tell you, man. You know what community is to me? Community is when you can call your friends and tell them that your partner is asking you to leave. You don't really have anywhere to go. Community is the people that can say, yo, you can come and sleep here. You can crash on my couch. It's full, Man, today, well, it's not even today, it's really at night. I haven't been able to sleep for, like, two weeks, man. No lie. just been a real up and down, man. It, a few months, actually, but let's just say for the sake of argument, I haven't really gotten a good night rest in, like, the last two weeks today. that sucks. And so, community to me is people that you can call and tell that you need help. Oh, man, fuck. Bro, I need help right now. I just want to go to fucking sleep. If you ever just had your body just want to fucking sleep, but your mind won't let you fucking sleep. Racing thoughts. Oh, fucking sucks. Oh, boy. Hope tomorrow's a better day. Man I'm putting so much into this project bro, I need it to help sustain me, remember pace yourself, not race yourself to sustain yourself, but hopefully this helps someone see some type of value, alright, I'm gonna try to get some sleep, before I gotta get up in like 2 hours,
0: What's going on, everybody? My name is Manny Jackson from Thread House, and I am sitting here with the wonderful Dr. Lemmy. Now, I would love to, first of all, just say how brilliant this lady is. And let me, first of all, before we even start, I want to ask, what is the best way to identify you? I mean, you do so many amazing things. I just want to make sure that I get all of the information correct
2: thank you so much for asking like you know I've been having this conversation with folks it's like how do we show up in this web 3 space and it's like I'm, I'm not just a doctor you know I'm a psychologist I'm a Buddhist I'm a woman you know I have all these identities and so it's nice to show up in a space and be um, appreciated for all those pieces right because I feel like in life it's like well pick something you know you got so many interests go pick something and just head and um, th- there's the that, but there's also a lot of value you know, with, uh, having different talents and skill sets and, you know, cross pollinating all that stuff. Like, it's it's really refreshing. That's all I got to say, you know, all to right. be able to wear all these hats. So thank
0: All right. Cool. Cool. All right. So speaking of which, since you kind of walked right into it, so tell people about yourself and, you know, kind of what you have going on and let's get to know each other a little bit. So you go first. Sure.
2: Thank you. <laughs> I was born in Harlem. I'm a, I'm a New York City native, raised in Washington Heights and in Dominican Republic. My family is, they're immigrants, you know, so I always had aspirations um, to be an artist, but they were like, no, nah, you got to do something practical, you know, make some money. So um, I, I was a film school major and I had to drop out <laughs> because I didn't really have too much support. My family was like, please do something that's going to make you successful. And, and, and oh, that, that's why we came to this country. So I, I hopped around a lot. I had a lot of interests, you know, like I was telling you earlier. I, I was interested in, you know, in, in policy studies and, and political science and all that stuff. And I was like, you know what, I need to graduate, I need to get out of here. Uh, and I, I just stuck to psychology and I became a shrink. It has been a really rewarding experience to be a healer. But also, like, one of the things that you understand while you're like healing and you're doing this work is that you also have to heal yourself. Being able to be an artist, you know, to come in, a colleges, to come in as a Buddhist, you know, as, as a person who's, who identifies as queer, et cetera. All these other identities. And to show up fully as who I am. I came into the Web3 space. I'm interested in the opportunity to do social impact. We're having a lot of conversations about this redistribution of wealth, right? And I was like, oh, okay. You know, as someone who had peaked in my career, I was a director of behavioral health at a federally qualified health center in West Oakland. I was working there, and I was really trying to incorporate these projects of, like, drumming, singing, dancing, you know, things that weren't just talk therapy. And, and incorporating these different types of strategies into our healing process while using federal dollars. So I was able to go to Washington, D.C., you know, do a lobbying, do the advocacy work, and bring back those, those dollars, you know, to my clinics. So Apple month, I went to the clinic, I wasn't able to those funds in, in a way that I thought would be beneficial to the people who I was serving because there were different players in place. Now, what happens now in Web3 is that those players are no longer there. That if I choose, you know, if there's a will, you know, I, I can find a way to incorporate all those projects and all those types of programs. So I found wonderful people in Web3. I did this one project with Hanifa Waleed. Um, which was with 20 um, spoken word artists and, and 20 visual artists. One of them that I, I was connected with is Mahogany Brown and Sala Williams. And he was down on that one too. And what we were doing was we was gathered together to to gather funds for a gentleman named Keith Lamar, who's been on death row for 23 years. Now, that to me was a, an extremely rewarding experience. So that, that's my role as an artist, right? In, in the Web three space, participating in, in projects of social impact and doing my own, but the other things that I've been doing too is that I have been super dope in the space. I've been able to curate. I mean, imagine in, in Web two, you know, where I, I don't have a, I don't have an art background. I have an art, you know, training. This was always something that I loved to do, you know. Um, but I didn't have an opportunity to explore that professionally until I came into this space.
0: Like, as this conversation is really about mental health awareness and and everything, what inspired you to kind of go into the actual field and and actually study um, psychiatry or psychology and everything?
2: I don't know anybody, to be honest, who doesn't have someone in their family that's struggling with something at some point in their lives, you know? I think I had my first interfaces with... um with social services, growing up as a kid of immigrant parents and a mother who didn't speak any English, growing up in social services, having to go to these offices, showing up to these meetings, and essentially being a, a broker, you know, a cultural broker for my yeah. family at an early age. So when you're doing that and you're nine years old and you're trying to um, translate some financial papers and it has a, a, a very high, you know, impact on the well-being of your family, you become parentified. You know, and you start taking responsibility for things in your environment, in your community, because you understand the role that you play and how important that is and that you matter and that you have utility, you know, as a person, like, you know, that you can contribute. So I, I understood that early on. When I was growing up here in Washington Heights, I had mentioned earlier um, that my father had become incarcerated. And as a result, we grew up on, on welfare and a whole bunch of different social service agencies. It was the 80s. It was the Reaganomics, trickle-down economics. And this whole notion that these women, these welfare queens were raping the system, you know? And that's exactly how we were treated. I grew up going to high school in Hoboken with my grandparents in Jersey because the schools in the city were whack. So when I went to yeah. school out there, I grew up with them. And my grandmother had undiagnosed um, schizophrenia, paranoid. And so she had developed in her, in her mind this delusion because my grandfather was a player. And when he used to pick her up at the factory where she used to work, he used to flirt with all them ladies. So she had created this delusion in her head that those women had moved in next door to the house where they lived. And where they lived next door was, was this candy store that burned down. So she was like, oh, they moved in there. And I'm like, there's nobody there. And everybody would just call her crazy in my family because here she is. You will catch her arguing with these women, talking to herself. You know, to us, that's what it looked like. But to her, she's having a full-blown conversation. So I would tell her, I was like, yo, mama, when I go by there, I'm going to tell them not to bother you. You know, because that was the only way, by joining her in her reality. Because, Manny, if you tell somebody, yo, that wall behind you is white. And, and you're like, nah, Lem, it's blue. And I'm like, Manny, it's white. What are you talking about? It's like, Lem, nah, it's blue. You know, and so like having, having that understanding that our realities are subjective, that I can't really know what your reality is. I can't understand that. And that I have to respect and honor that was something that I learned at a very early age. Yeah, you know, um, you, when you grow up with someone who has mental illness in your family, um, you really don't know how to deal with it. You know, everybody's like, oh, no, you're crazy, you crazy. Or, like, or, or you sweep it underneath the rug and you don't talk about it, you know, or, or everybody just pretends like it's not happening. You know, and so that's another psychotic process too. You know, like my, my, my aunt, who I grew up with as well, you know, she, she was undiagnosed with autism. Like she didn't talk till she was five. You know, and so like, we're like, what the hell's wrong with Daisy? You know, like, what is happening over there? And so, like, these are conversations that don't happen in families, you know, um, and, and these are conversations that need to be had, you know, because a lot of it is shame. A lot of it is trauma. It's yep. intergenerational, you know, and so it is not until one of us goes off to school, gets some education, or you know has an experience of awareness, you know, that that gives us that that um insight, you know, um yep. and and allows us to suspend that judgment. You feel me?
0: Right. Yeah. And you know, you're able to you're able to share that with um you know with your family. You're able to share that education, those lessons, those teachings, and everything, and You know, what I think is really beautiful, because I grew up, you know, with uh, some struggles uh, with my own family members, my my father. I found out when he was like 17 years old that he had bipolar disorder. And um, that's kind of what inspired me to get in the mental health space. So Mm -hmm. um, knowing that once I did my research and knowing that, oh, this is why our childhood was so fun and interesting and all over the place, <laughs> you know, is because of mm. the condition that my pops had. So it definitely inspired me um, to get into mental health and it definitely inspired me to kind of go on that, that journey. And so even with my own struggles and everything, I look back and I'm like, wow, you know, unfortunately, he was actually diagnosed early. He just didn't take his medicine for like 35 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one day he just, one day he snapped. Um, and um, I think it is, it's just as bad for individuals that goes undiagnosed. And the reason that, you know, I wanted to put together this type of uh, conversation with people it's because I think it's important for people to hear the conversations of, of the individuals and especially talking about, you know, some of the things that led us to where we are today. And whether it's receiving your diagnosis, whether it's understanding more about yourself, whether it's identifying with what, what's your best way to be treated, or whether it's like understanding a family member that's right there close to you that you may not know or are struggling with something, instead, you just oh, that's just Cousin Bobby. He's just a little crazy. Or, you know, that's Cousin Joe. He's a little touch. You know what I mean? We do that. We make excuses for family members. And I think that hopefully these conversations will lead up to people wanting, listening to these episodes, wanting to you know seek out, getting some assistance on their journey. And that's our goal. And so my next question is, you kind of already spoke to how are certain things identify by your family what is it, any references because this conversation is first is about adhd is there anything that references uh your background or your story behind adhd
2: i've been in therapy for a significant amount of time at least 12 years you know and hold so no, before um, you
0: go on real quick my bad not to cut you off i want to hold space for that part right there you're a therapist but you also have been in therapy yourself
2: yeah, no, absolutely. 12 years, you know, it's, it's, it's a while. We had to practice what we preach. Therapy is a luxury. I gotta be honest. For people who are wealthy, going to therapy and having somebody sit with you, look at your mind, try to work with you uh, and try to have you be a, a better person. That is something that wealthy people do to improve themselves. Now, when you're a person of color, you're a person who, who has lower economic status, you know, if you're a person who has mental illness, etc., then therapy becomes that's stigma. You know, so just looking at how, you know, treatment is, is, is color different um through through status. You know, we see a lot more women come into treatment willingly than men, right? The culture of men is not one where men have a, a safeguarded space to, to talk about difficulty and struggle and pain and suffering. You know, um those are things that men are not allowed to be vulnerable culturally, you know, and this is globally, you know, mostly. I really would love to see a culture that's like. The the here are men, you know, who who talk, you know, and 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 they walk, they work through their, their pain and their suffering, in a verbal way. You know, it it's usually through sports or something physical or something that's that's less threatening. You know, to 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 that to that fragility. You know,
0: I like what you just said about um the the culture of therapy. I want to hang on to that for a specific for a specific second because. The culture of therapy, uh, first of all, you're right. Therapy is a luxury. And it's a luxury that a lot of us um, are not afforded. And when I say that, because a lot of times we haven't been able to actually access the resources and the information that's out there and the services, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And then another thing about it is it's expensive. It's expensive to sit down and, and have someone help you work through your problems, like you said. So I personally want to make it more of an effort for me within, like you're talking about Web3, right? We're in the Web3 community. Mm -hmm. I personally want to make it a little bit more of less than a luxury, but more of a necessity by actually Mm -hmm. offering opportunities to, and resources to actually help people And even with you just being a part of this conversation, I think that's a very much needed understanding that people have to understand that. Therapy shouldn't just be a luxury that we can't afford, because at the end of the day, we all have something and we all need tools and we need to put tools in our toolbox. And there's so many different styles of tools to use, especially men. You brought that up, especially men definitely men of color, but men in a whole, we don't really talk about our feelings and we're not allowed that vulnerability, not even in our own romantic partnerships and relationships sometimes, we don't get that level of vulnerability and that outlet. So, you know, I think that, you know, creating environments where there's a safe space for people to talk to and just having conversation just about natural, real things. I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. So, I love the fact that you brought that up.
2: Definitely, you had mentioned the culture that we have of of like mental wellness and just like the, the sanctity of it and the different approaches of this. Like I, I was telling you, how I was trying to do drumming, right? Because is, is who am I going to sit with? Like who is this person? Do they resonate with me? Do they understand me? Because the two ingredients really that you need in a, in a healing experience is you need an environment that's safe right? That you feel safe in and that that relationship is trustworthy and you can be vulnerable because otherwise you're just lying to yourself and you're not really going anywhere. So if I go into therapy and I need somebody who looks like me, but there's a lack of people who are going through the ranks and going through all these hoops and ladders and hurdles to get licensed, etc. because it's a business that's not getting twisted, you know, how are we being served? And so back to this ADHD, question, and how has that affected my life? Like I said, I've been in therapy for 12 years. When I sit down with my therapist and I'm like, yo, what what is my diagnosis? How come we've never had this conversation, right? I was like, am I bipolar? And she's like, well, you manage it pretty well. You know, and I was like, (laughs) well, that's the way of her telling me. But, you know, what I've noticed in, in my life, you know, and particularly also like in the Web3 space is this inattention, you know, and this distraction and this lack of focus. You know, this passion, but it's also colored with anxiety. It's also very energetic and just hard to keep up with and completely exhausted. That's my ADHD in a nutshell. Everybody experiences different types of symptoms in different ways. But for me, when that comes up, I see myself in the social media 12 hours in a day. You know, I'm like, what are you doing? You've been out here just showing your whole ass all day, you know? So I'm like, I, I really need to check myself. Being able to... Uh, because I before I'm before, um, coming to, I had no social media, right? So now all of a sudden, I'm a psychologist with a public persona. You know, as someone who worked in prisons and and and, ha- and juvenile halls like that. I always wanted to have like a certain level of 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 protection, right? It was a delicate environment. And then I was like, you know what? Um, this is finally an opportunity for me to show up. Why am I gonna keep hiding? Because this is a profession that quote unquote has you know. Um, raised me to believe, trained me to believe that, you know, there, there needs to be a certain level of separation. And and while that's true, boundaries are very important. You know, that that's something that's critical and essential to healing and very, very healthy, you know, and, and, and warranted. You know, I, I think of healers in other communities who live among the people, you know, who, who are in the villages, you know, living together amongst the folks, you know, um, and, and you're living and being. And, and healing others through example. So that's something that I'm extremely conscious of now being in the Web3 space. That not only am I like doing this work, healing myself, and vis-a-vis supporting others to do their own work, you know, by, by giving them love. Because essentially, like, there's there's only so many things that I can say and do, you know, to, to kind of spark or elicit, you know, some type of change or a or shift in you or, or, or you know, to, to provide gift but but what i've noticed is is that like ultimately at the end of the day you show up in, in a love fashion and, and that heals that transpires it goes through Cape wire everybody's talking about love you you know you, you you think of what's this one dude from the beatles john lennon you know all we need is love so i don't know it's, it's, it's very simple you know um it's very basic but it's very powerful
0: You know, one thing that I want to draw some some attention to um, that you were speaking about as far as, you know, when you spoke with your therapist is about the identity. I think we, we, we have to understand that what makes us comfortable is being able to identify with something, right? Like when I first heard you speaking your tone and the way you, you know, your, 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 the way you was, you had like this cool yet still a little bit of aggressiveness, but still like assertiveness, you know, saying aggressive is not the best word, but more assertiveness type of tonality, but very real. That was an identity. Right. So I think that, you know, people look at me, they identify with me with sometimes with fashion, with clothes, but as an artist, they identify with my art the color of our skin, um, the challenges that we have and that we face. These are all different things that we find identity in. And this allows us to identify with different groups of individuals. So when you talk about the therapy and actually finding someone that you trust, someone that will listen to you, and then someone that can identify with you, right? But outside of being able to identify with you, You also have to have someone that's going to hold you accountable. Me and my therapist, we have several things that we probably don't have in common, right? But there's several other things that we identify with. And she identifies with me as an artist. So she's able to have a conversation with me and help me see things because she understands that I paint pictures with words. She understands that if I can get him to... Let's see this thing by painting a picture, having painting a picture by using words, right? So she does these exercises where, literally, she has me in my mind. I'm seeing all of these different things, but it's painting a picture for me, and that identify uh, that that way that we can identify with something is such brilliance but it also holds me accountable right so she shifts that idea she uses something that she can relate which is art right and color and design and everything then she uses what she knows best which is communication and talking right and she paints these pictures with words and then she brings back the accountability for me to look and examine what it is that I could use later on as a tool, and I just think that we have to understand mm-hmm. that the journey starts with, you know, finding, um, finding your tribe, finding those things to identify. But then you also have to have things in your in your world and people in your life and to help you be accountable for that. And um, so, mm-hmm. like. I really, I really appreciate mm-hmm. what you said about the, the conversation that you had, because, you know, your therapist said, well, you know, could I be bipolar? Yeah, you manage it well. But then it's like, but I feel all of these emotions. And now here is I have to be accountable for that. Then you related it to your art and you laid it to the, uh, the community and web three. And that's exactly how I feel every single day.
2: Mhm. Yeah, no, it's we, we we definitely impact each other. You know, and 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 there's a way that we can finesse, you know, where the therapy room informs you and then you take that healing with you into the web3 world and people get to benefit from that. You know? And so that's 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 why the self-work. That's where the self-love is so important, you know, because you you're taking an opportunity to to look at yourself and to remediate things that you know, oh, my yo uh, I I I'm not doing too good there, you know, or, or I have aspirations to be this or to fulfill that, you know, um and I'm not doing that. Um, what do I need to tweak? You know, how do I need to shift or or how do I allow for my fucked upness, you know, to be, you know, um and allow that to be present. It's getting good. Oh, there it is. All right. <laughs> it froze for a second. Now I was just saying, you know, like it's, it's it's all of that. So um, that's that's really why we gotta do this work. We gotta do this work because um, when when we take care of ourselves, and we're like, ah, you're being selfish. That's just for you. Nah, this is for me. So that I can be a better person for everybody. You know. So it's, that's that's where the frame exactly. um and the and 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 the mentality needs to shift. That um that this self healing work. It's, it's, it's not selfish. This is like the most selfish shit you could do for everybody. Yo,
0: that's exactly that's exactly why I uh, entitled this project: pace yourself, not race yourself to sustain yourself. And each part of it, it, it is important. And then you know, you know, later on, it helps you elevate. You know what I mean? You know, but you have to. Take your time with yourself. And my God, that's not as easy as said as done. Um there's, there's FOMO, all of that stuff is very real. The anxiety is real. You know, I am having it I'm having it terribly today. You know, I'm like, oh my god, this thing, this is not working, that's not working, this is not working. But what I what I am appreciative of is knowing that these kind of conversations, these type of opportunities, these are this is the thing that's valuable, right? This is the thing that's tangible. This is the thing that's going to work, right? And so, um, me being an artist and being someone that loves to just create out of my brain, right? Um, my medium is clothing. That's my 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 medium for the most part. Um, being that person that loves to create fashion and and share my experiences through clothing and everything, Um, that's also my way of healing. That's also my way of expressing myself that helps me heal. You have several different ways that you do this for yourself as well.
2: When you're talking about what I'm doing for my art, that's me practicing grace. And the forms that that takes is... I've been writing even before... I've been doing art, you know? Where's my little, where is it? It was around here somewhere. You know, I got this diary, fam, from like, I was seven years old. This diary is talking about the experience of, of what it is to be a little seven-year-old kid in the Dominican Republic, you know? And I can look back and see, yo, this this is my, this was my frame, you know, and to and to time travel. So art for me, not just the writing, but I draw, I paint, you know, I love to do collages. Like, it's just all fun to me. But being able to have that outlet, like we were having that conversation earlier, how you don't really see women starting wars. Maybe some mean girl stuff, you know? But, like, we're not taking out villages. You know? We're not doing that. And we live longer. And It's because we talk. It's because we have these ways, and it's not just art. For me, it's also meditation. You know? As someone who's been meditating since I was 13, I, I, I was dragged out. I grew up with healers. I was lucky to come into a community of brujas and witch doctors and community healers, right? Who would whip up some spells and had lines out their door of people coming in for love and support. So I grew up with women who took care of others and they took care of others by giving this gift and this wisdom of not just only attention, but of awareness. And I don't know how to explain that. I was 13 and she's like, we gonna go do, do some yoga, and you are gonna meditate. And yo, and when I was in that shavasana fam, and I'm laying on that floor, and we're just like we're taking in, and I'm feeling all those endorphins go through my body after doing all them asanas. I was like, yo, I've done this. It was like muscle memory, you know. The meditation was like, um, it was like being home, being with your consciousness, being with yourself, you know. And so that's that's a different art practice for me because when I'm when I'm drawing. I'm, I'm doing art, I'm doing digital stuff, it's flow. You know, you're going into flow and what's flow is a suspension of time and space. When you're in full present awareness and there's a suspension of duality. There's no object and subject. There's a collapse of that. There's only just being. There's no separation of the reality of what's happening out here. One of the things that I like to tell people, you know, in terms of like strategies and stuff to check with yourself, um, cause sometimes we're just unconsciously reactive, you know? And I'm like, all right, it's the difference between being underneath the clouds and being right next to the sun. When you're underneath the clouds, or you, you even forgot that there's a sun out there. You forgot that that sunshine be coming. It's just a cloudy day and that's all you see. But when you shift your perspective to being right next to the sun, you, know, you can see everything. You can see the clouds. You know, you have a bird's eye view. So when we shift that focus from being underneath the clouds to being next to the sun, you're, you're really like being able to kind of objectively look at yourself like when i look at this diary right and i open this up i'm like all right only but he doesn't really want to know nothing about her you know blah 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 right i i can see my mind and step outside i'm no longer underneath that cloud i'm not subject you know and that gives me an opportunity like how am i feeling right now bet i gotta pause and in that pause i shift focus Right? I'm shifting from underneath a cloud to being next to the sun. How am I right now? From a scale of one to ten. I just got out from the cloud. I'm next to the sun. Yo, I'm feeling like I'm a ten right now. I'ma do hella shit today. Yo, I'ma I'ma wash the car. I'ma change the oil. I'ma do this, you know? Yo, but if if I'm at a two, yo, good luck with them dishes getting done. I'm going to sleep and they're getting done in the morning. You know? But the thing is, is that I have to have those come to Jesus moments, and I also have to be honest. But not only that. I have the opportunity now to pivot and to do something consciously, you know, by giving myself a little bit of grace and giving myself something that's like tangible. Like it's not just like, ah, I'm just having a fucked up day. It's like, nah, I'm at a two and I'm having a fucked up day is a two and I'm not going to do too much. And I made an assessment with myself and I put myself in a petri dish and I treated myself like a two year old, right? And now I'm doing something with myself. Now I'm holding myself accountable. I'm not just like wilding out throughout the day. So... You know, that's what drawing does for me. That's what art does for me. You know, that's what being in conversations with, with friends and family and people that I love, you know, those are the safe havens. Those those, those are the, my refuge points. So I do have a lot of, uh, of entry uh, opportunities, you know, to kind of, like, let all of that shit go. And I, I'm just super grateful, fam. You know, um, I, I urge everybody, like, yo, you like playing basketball, you like playing dominoes, you like to play, you like to dance. There's something that you're doing that involves absolutely no thinking that is just you and flow and you enjoy. And that needs to happen. Everybody played when we was little, everybody played. You can't tell me not one person who didn't play when they was a kid, you know? So that playing now is, is the art is, is, you know, but what happens right now when you're gaming and you're gaming in NFTs and you're gaming and it's gambling, that type of game. That's, that's fucking problematic, right? Because like then the the, the the cost outweighs the benefits, you know? And so like those, those are assessments that we need to have, those honest conversations. So we could keep going on, fam, but I'll land my plane right there.
0: I love that analogy. You could either be under the clouds or be next to the sun. That definitely gives me a lot of perspective to look at as I'm sitting here looking out the window right now and I'm seeing the... Bridge, and I'm seeing the skyline of New York City, and I'm seeing the sun. I'm also seeing the clouds, and I'm seeing how the cloud is kind of, kind of blocking the sun just a little bit, but it's still illuminating over the whole entire city. It's still doing its job, you know. And um, uh, I I love that analogy. Uh, So one thing that I like to do. Is ask everyone, uh, what do you consider to be your superpower?
2: Damn, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, you know what? And I, it's it's my intuition. I have to say, like, that's that's definitely my super. I can read, yo, read you. <laughs> I can read you. I can read some people. You know, like I I um. What's happening now with my intuition now is, is that I'm just, um, I'm learning to accept it. You know, um, I, I think that a lot of us have superpowers that we, we deny. A lot of us are good at stuff that... So much information. Um, I, I have an ability to connect with people almost immediately. You know, because I, I can find... I have so many... I can touch with so many forms and, and parts of myself because we're all connected, that because I can connect with so many dynamics of me and accept and go into that, that I can go into that with you. You know? And that I, I and that I allow it, right? I, I try not to judge as much as possible. And and a lot of that has to do with me being trained as a psychologist, being somebody who meditates, you know, and just somebody who's just curious. You know that, that I have that propensity. But that that superpower of being able to connect and establish rapport with people immediately um, that, that has really saved me a lot, and and when I can't connect with you, um, there's something really off, like, there's something, you know, because that's, that's some everybody comes and talks to me, you know, dumps their stories on me, you know, feels comfortable, because I'm accepting of myself as much as possible, I'm not saying I accept everything, you know, but, like, that's, that's something that's at the forefront of my existence, I'm like, Yo, if 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 I'm not okay and comfortable in, in this body, in this skin, in this reality, what fuck am I doing in this world? You know, if I can at least do that.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. Now, you know, some of the challenges that I first of all, thank you so much for sharing that, and you know, I love the fact that you you referenced um, you know your connection to people because you know I've been in a few different spaces. Um, shout out to all of the things that you actually have going on right now, just everything that you continue to build and grow. Um, and this is all new, new stuff. Um, this is all new stuff. So, um, what well, new to me at least, because I'm now I'm, I'm just getting chance to know know you a little bit. But when you talk about the intuition and you being able to connect with people. Now, how, does that, how do, does that ever become a detriment to you?
2: Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? I got a lot of snakes in my life. I got a lot of creepy crawlers. I got a lot of opportunists. I got a lot of people, vampires, people who try to suck my energy, my resources. I'm an open person. I want to help people, but if you're trying to manipulate me um, and you're trying to you know, um, utilize and, and, and exploit me, um, that energy transpires. Um, that energy, you know, communicates as fake, as disingenuous, as inauthentic, you know. And I'm gonna pick up on it, and it, it just feels nasty, you know. Because then I gotta call you out, you know. And I have to hold myself accountable, right? That what I see yeah. in my own integrity, right, and not to cosign, right, not to, um, not to enable you to do the bullshits, right. Um, and I need to What's trust right. my own intuition and understand that what I'm seeing is my reality, you know. And whether you might come to me, and and that might not be, um, that might still not be clear to you that that's what you're doing, you know. But that's how I'm feeling it at that moment because when someone is coming to you and they need help and support, and they and they're just like, yo, lamb, like, yo, just retweet this shit for me, please. Like I know you got some reach. I'm like, yo, no doubt, I got you. But then when I see you coming around me and you acting funny and like you 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 acting like hella comfortable, you know, and we don't know each other, you know, I was like, come on now, you know, so that's 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 a dark part of, of being open and, and, and you know, being accessible and, and wanting to love and support is is having to have that level of discernment and having to have boundaries and be like, nah, you can't play me and I'm not gonna allow you to abuse me You know, um, and, and understanding that and being able to advocate People have have different experiences with that. You know, um some people are very clear about their boundaries, you know, um and and as someone who who wants to be open, you know, and vulnerable and 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 um uh noble, right, with my pain and 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 you know um not 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 fake the funk and act like my shit don't stink, um it's, it's difficult. Particularly, you know, in social media like, you know, I, I'm a Gen Xer. I didn't grow up with social media, so you know, having people come in for different needs and, and want to want your attention or want to give you attention uh, for different reasons um, is, is interesting for me to navigate as a psychologist. You know, like I, I had no social media before this. And in two years, I got like 20,000 followers, you know, um, and a bulk of that was in the first year of, of Web3. And it just really spoke to the spirit of our need to do something different and to have an energy um, that was informing us. From a different source, not not the same played old, you know, played out shit that we've been dealing with, you know. Um, so that's 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 some of the thing that I, I'm challenged with. Um, and and you know, and and I gotta be honest about too. Like, shut up, you know, like why are you talking about haters for? Focus on the positive. And I'm like, no, this shit is real. Okay, we have to have a real conversation about that too. Like, I'm not gonna be on Pollyannish, you know, and act absolutely. like perfect.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, We have this. All right, you know. You know. You know, being a light being myself in a, in a lot of ways, you know, um, I, I, I deal with that, too, you know, because I'm so open to everybody. I'm open to accept people. I'm open to give people straight up love right off the rip. Um, and that shit don't never really it doesn't change. And, and <laughs> even if you do me wrong, I still have a place there for you in in, in some in a loving way. But um Everybody doesn't reciprocate that the same way and but at the same time I still have to create my boundaries. You know what I'm saying? So that those those boundaries are there. And I think a lot of it has a lot just to do with who I am anyway, because those boundaries are there and they kind of set the tone automatically. You know what I mean? Like that's
2: it has to it, do with what?
0: That's that's, that's I said those boundaries are there, and it kind of sets the tone automatically, unless yeah. it, it, it it you there's there's already there's already a heat a, a hedge of protection around me. you know it's like force fill in a sense. So mm-hmm. you know um, yeah I I understand that, and we you know there's a lot of energy I would just say energy that floats around us being light people being people that. You know, when I say light beings, I'm talking about people that embrace so many other people's energy. We take on other people's energies. It's easy to take on everybody's problems and you know what I'm saying? And we want to help everybody like Kumbaya, heal the world type of person, right? A lot of people don't really care like that. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't even give a fuck. You know what yeah. I mean? But but when I say us light beings, I feel like I'm connected to so many people like myself. That wants to be a part of that wants to heal, like they really want to heal the world. Everybody, they want to make sure everybody's good. So yeah. you, you get sucked, you get sucked in, and you get sucked up like that. But um, that boundary, you know, that force field, the shit, something it kicks in, you know. And I and I and I think also, I think part of me actually having my own mental health concerns or issues and whatever i'm fucking dealing with in that day i think that's also part of my boundary too you know what i mean like all right well i just didn't feel i just feel like I, I can't do it you know what i mean and yeah. being and having those having that as a healthy boundary and the transparency of saying that you know and and really not really caring what the fuck you feel about that to be honest because it is really about it's really about me but at the same time you know um, i just i hold space for everybody you know i want to give everybody that same grace um, and and i really respect how you identified that as well and, and i and i definitely can see that that in yourself as well so um but look this has been such a wonderful conversation i thank you so much for being a part of this um part of this conversation with us being on pace yourself, not race yourself. Um, shout out to the growth network, my partner lens, who's uh, taking a call right now. And, uh, but yeah, so anything else, Doctor the that you want to add, anything you, you want to say vulnerability, right? We talked, we, we just spoke about that a little bit but vulnerability. I was reading something yesterday on Instagram, right? And the guy was saying, he was sharing like an honest person, would tell you something if you ask. A transparent person will show you something and walk you to it. A vulnerable person would give it to you without you having to ask. And I set with that because I felt like I needed it in the moment that I received it. And so as I received that message last night, and I was thinking about certain relationships where I've honest. So my honesty would have me tell you something if you asked me, right? My transparency would have me showing you something if you was there. But now my vulnerability has me without you even needing to ask or needing to see. Like I don't need to be out here telling people what the fuck I'm dealing with, right? I don't, I don't have to do that. No. But I feel like part of the calling of me has been all of these three things. Right. And now this is the vulnerable side of me. And this vulnerable side of me has to be there to accomplish, to see, you know, the new heights that I'm trying to reach, as well as the new heights that I want to have every, people around me go along and reach as well. And, you know, the thing that's really interesting is I wouldn't have had this project as a podcast had I not seen a different side of me and be seeing that led me to doing this which has led me to have conversations and connect with people like yourself it's connected me with people for a bigger purpose a bigger reason and so I just wanted to wrap this up by saying that you know I appreciate how the level of vulnerability that we've been able to express on this podcast, and the level of vulnerability that you're expressing in your art, in your messaging, in, in your talks, and everything that you are doing, is leading you to a bigger part of that purpose.
2: Yes, I feel that. Like, yo, I don't know where my bells are at, but I'm ringing them. I don't know if you've heard. Whenever I was in Spaces or in, in Clubhouse, and and somebody will make a sale or, or some dope shit would pop off. I will ring them bells, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, we all live in a, a fucking human experience. And so that's what I think is really beautiful is when you can fucking open your brain outside of just your own experience. That's such a beautiful thing.
2: It's difficult sometimes because, you know, we grow up with like, you know, crabs in a barrel. So we can't even share our fucking joy because yep. it's going to be somebody that's going to be like yep. fucking so you can't even like share your fucking happiness you know and like you feel a certain type of way like shining cuz like you have that survivor's guilt or whatever the fuck it is you know cuz like you're just a fucking happy person but not everybody else is and you can not you're so concerned with everybody else's fucking misery that you can't even be happy Yeah, that shit we got to talk about cuz you know we got a lot of repressed joy Ten